What's up, everybody? Welcome to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined by my good friend, J.W. Crewall. J.W., how are you doing today? I'm just dancing and chilling, Riley. How are you? Dancing and chilling. I mean, really, just not much left to do besides those things. Well, <laughs> I think I've exhausted all other possibilities. Right. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. You done anything fun over the last week? Well, played a lot more Terraforming Mars. <laughs> uh, I played in the Invitational this weekend. Um, and beyond those two things, you know, just trying to improve my life, improve my, you know, surroundings and stay ahead on, you know, making food and things like that. We just made about 200 dumplings. That's a lot of dumplings. Which we have been eating over the last couple of days and have at least like four more meals of. So <laughs> um, that's pretty fun. Um, yeah. And we made some scallion pancakes as well. Macaroons or yeah. macarons. It's been a busy uh, week of cooking in the Creole household. Very nice. Very nice. Well, you got to eat for sure. <laughs> Boys got to eat. That's right. <laughs> got to get big and strong. That's what I say. That's right. Cool. Well, I think I'm kind of interested to hear about how the uh, Limitless Qualifier went for you. I know yeah. for sure that you did phenomenally well in day one, ended with a 10-3 and three record. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. 10-3. and three. So tell us about the experience of the tournament. Just like yeah. from an overarching standpoint, and then you can hit on any particular rounds that you thought were interesting or exciting. Sure. I thought it was really, really nice that it was just, it was able to happen. Uh, we had a little bit of problem around round three, just as with uh, Battlefly, Smash.gg also kind of took a nosedive right about <laughs> that round three, four uh, time period. There was a point where they were telling people not to even refresh the server because it was crashing as there were, you know, other tournaments, other big tournaments being ran at the same time. Uh, And it was at that point that I was getting really scared. You know, the first two rounds had taken about an hour each. And then they had told us, you know, okay, round three, some people had gotten their pairings for round three and played, and then they were trying to input their results. And then some people hadn't gotten pairings and it was just a big, big mess there. And I was like, okay, for like, not again. You know, I'm hoping for the sake of the organizers and Limitless and Potan Store and anyone involved in this that it just wouldn't happen again. Uh, But thankfully, we weathered that storm and the rest of the rounds were pretty smooth. I would say from about round five on, it was just as ideal as you could get where they were pairing very quickly and... They were, you know, kind of getting us on our way. One thing that was different this time around, uh, as far as I remember, is that they weren't pairing everybody together. They had split Mm -hmm. the tournament into four pods, and that way each pod had a leader, kind of a timekeeper. And I thought that was a really good, you know, innovation, a positive innovation from the first event where you just had everyone in the same pool. So if one (laughs) match was late, then every single person was, you know, held up. But in this way, they kind of mitigated that by dividing it up into essentially four smaller tournaments for day one and then cutting to, you know, top whatever, 120 or something, however many people were able to go on to day two. So I thought that was really nice. That really uh, smoothed things out. And um, overall, 
I would say that it was a seven out of 10 experience. If we're going just based on, you know, round five and on, it was a 10 out of 10 experience. Wow. And we just had a few hiccups uh, early, but would definitely play again. And that's super awesome, man. That's a pretty glowing yeah. review, especially of those last uh, last couple of rounds, or not even last, but like the latter half of the tournament. Yeah, yeah. They, they did a really nice job after kind of all the things got ironed out, after people got used to the Smash GG website and after Smash like fixed the problems on their end. I don't know what was going on over there. So uh, really, really well done, especially strong second half of the tournament. That's super cool. So tell yeah. us a little bit about your tournament run. What did you play? What kind yeah. of matchups were you seeing? Like not only that you played against, but were common in the event. And right. uh, obviously how did your tournament end up in day two? Sure. I've, I felt really, really nice day one where I started out uh, 0-1. I was playing ADP Zation. And my, I guess the interesting things about my list was that I included a one of energy switch for the stall slash mill decks and a uh, four count of Marnie for those decks um, for baby blue cephalon. And so I felt very confident with the deck going in. I was, um, you know, telling people about it, saying, hey, this is the play. I was giving out my list. I had posted on my Discord. I had played on the stream. You know, I wasn't very shy about saying that this was what I was going to play and that I thought it was the best deck. And I mean, even when we talked about it on the podcast, just saying uh, that this is the best deck, this is what I was going to play. Uh, and I was very confident in it. And day one definitely was my day, you know, as opposed to day two. But I went 10 and four on day one, started off 0 and 1, and then ripped off a nine game win streak which was pretty exciting and pretty fun i played some just very interesting decks i want to highlight uh in round six at this point i was five and one or four and one and i hit a dark box which i thought was very interesting i i just don't know how that deck survives against uh adp at all and then i played a couple of blacephalons the mirrors were just so horrible. They were Those were actually most of my losses in day one. I ended up playing three. No, I ended up playing four mirror, four true mirrors. Um, I went second, and I believe two of them and lost those. And then I went first and two of them and won those. And then I played a pseudo mirror with the ADP Spiritomb deck. Uh, that was Ross's list. And I ended up losing to that as well i can't remember if i went first or second but that that deck definitely um you know keeps better pace uh than the just normal adpizations by way of attacking with a one prize attacker and then i played a firebox that ended up making top eight i believe i was just really impressed by how strong my opponents were in day one because i just faced against a lot of people that you know, ended up having very positive records after day one and a couple people that ended up making top four, top eight. Um, so that was very cool. Played against a couple of Mally Mewtwo in day one. And when all was said and done, I finished 10 and four. The best matchup that I had was not really the result of any strong gameplay, I would say, from day one there, uh, but it was the result of a misclick where I was playing a baby blue cephalon deck and I'm kind of dead drawing and just like a little bit tilted. And then I go up and, and promote my ADP and I just click done. I have the two energy on it. And instead of using the GX attack, I just pass my turn. Oh no. 
And that was really embarrassing because I was streaming it. You know, there were 50, 100 people, whatever, in the stream there. And I just, like, I get so mad. I, like, let out a little, you know, yell because, of course, you don't want to <laughs> don't want to just pass your turn, especially in a matchup like that. So I was pretty upset and managed to pull it back, managed to just Marnie him into kind of a suboptimal hand, had a few kind of unique um, plays with Fionn, and we just got there in the end so that was really really exciting that was probably the highlight of day one wow. and then moving into day two i thought the the one comment uh criticism that i had and i guess i kind of understand it and i'll explain i think why they did it but the one comment that i had um was that they should have kept the resistance from day one over into day two as in you play like records um so i was 10 and four but on the first round of day two i ended up playing an eight and five player uh in grant manley and you know i i think i'm you know salty i lost but um you know it's just a really interesting interesting decision i think for them to kind of reset the brackets and that's something i would like to see uh you know i would not like to see in future tournaments Mm. but I ended up playing Grant. I lost to him with the BHM. I think the reason that they decided to just wipe the bracket clean was because they were trying to account for the eight and five players that got in when they maybe shouldn't shouldn't have gotten in. But they made a they made a a benefit for um, the first tournament being canceled, where if you went two and zero in that first tournament, then you needed one less win to make it into the second day of competition in the most recent qualifier. Mm. So when, when that happened, I, I think they just reset everything because if they didn't reset, then it would be practically impossible for a, an eight and five player to make, you know, top eight. I don't think any eight and five players made top eight. I think the closest one went seven and zero oh and got, you know, top 16, but I think that's why they did it. I don't have like confirmation. I just thought that was a really weird thing. I hope they don't continue that for um, future tournaments. And then the rest of the day too was pretty bad. I had one, I was talking to you before the stream. I had one matchup against the Meg Cargo GX where they ended their turn with like a single Slugma, maybe about three to five cards in hand, you know, nothing, not, no real big hand or anything like that. Nothing that would make me think that they had anything uh, flashy coming out. But then on their next turn, they welder twice onto their Slugma, attach, and they get the, the, um, get the ability off and they do 300 damage to my ADP. Uh, and I was just like, okay, man, you, you got it. Like you hit everything there. And there was just a couple games like that. I played against an ultimate Mewtwo that played it perfectly well, perfect, like exactly how you would play it. And it was just crazy because he had just every single card that you would want in every single situation. You know, he always had the chaotic swell or he had the, um, you know, the right energy or he had the Ndidi to heal off the 10 damage that I needed to like <laughs> maybe take a one shot. You know, it was just like every little thing, every little advantage that I look for, he was able to take away. So it was really, really well done. Um, but yeah, day two was, I, I would say day one, I was on uh, the positive side of the variance. And then I would just say day two, I was on the negative side of variance. Ended up total record of 12 and eight, which, you know, could have been better, but um, I'm happy that I, put myself in a position uh to to you know potentially win the tournament with my day one finish yeah i i mean still overall i think a good a good run 
I, you know, <laughs> things fall, things happen in day two all the time to all sorts of people. So right. it's not like a poor reflection on you if you've played against skilled opponents and had close <laughs> games. I think that's that's still awesome. So talk about a little bit about your ADP Zashin list. It mm. seemed like overall it was a good choice. There was a, from my understanding of what people were saying, a pretty high amount of those kind of disruption style decks. So yep. the Marnie kind of energy switch addition was probably a positive one overall. Yeah. Uh, would you change anything about it moving forward? Well, we, and we had talked about this just a little bit before the stream, but um, you know, I was, I was on the right track with the energy switch idea. And I think that if I were to play the deck again, I would probably move closer to what the uh, winning list was like he played three energy switch in the winning list. I don't know that I'm ready to go there as I felt even one energy switch, you know, shifted the mill matchup considerably. But um, I, I would consider, you know, potentially playing two. I liked the four Marnie. I thought that they were the perfect disruption and it always felt like I had them whenever I needed. And again, very, very good against Blacephalon and, and the mill decks. So the Marnie, I'm, I'm a little less willing to compromise on i think four is is correct i i would never go back down to two three you could maybe get away with but um overall liked the list a lot you can go to my discord if you want to see the uh list that i played uh in its entirety but i would say it was it was on the right track the biggest change that i could consider in terms of like a metagame shift since there will be likely a ton of stall and mill uh would be a second energy switch yeah I think that's all fair. It's uh, it's pretty crazy how these online tournaments just ended up being a breeding ground for for stall decks. It feels like. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty crazy. I I felt good again about the list. I played a couple of stall, so I didn't see a single stall in day two, which I thought was very unusual, as it had you know poached the top four seeds from every single pod and was just racking up the wins, even even not. Um, you know, even in the the kind of 10, 11 win realm from day one. And so uh, I was a little surprised not to see a single mill in day two, but I did face a couple during day one and pretty handily beat them. One dead drew and then the other one, the other game, it just kind of came down to the last, you know, turn, right? Where it's, um, okay, I have maybe... 10 cards in deck or something and if he mills out my last custom catcher then i lose but if he doesn't then i win it was that kind of thing so a mm. uh, very close game there but felt very comfortable against mill my list did and i would have been happy to play more of it um i just thought you know yeah it'll be interesting to see where the metagame shifts if you know people do decide to put more energy switch into their adp where does mill go from there yeah for sure and another thing I think was really interesting about your list and the choices that you made was the four Marnie option. Mm -hmm. I mean, it feels like Marnie is constantly ping-ponging around with how people feel about it. People thought it was mm -hmm. incredible, then people kind of were off it for a while, and then Torrid was playing two, and that came standard. What inspired you to go all the way with four? Well, I just figured that it helped in a ton of matchups. I feel like you kind of always want to see it in every single matchup and the difference between marnie and something like reset stamp is just that marnie is a decent draw card you know i mean it 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 does a lot for you in a lot of uh in a lot of ways it's it's almost a better um 
a better research in, in some ways where you get to keep those resources. Now they go to the bottom of the deck, but uh, you do get to keep them. So if you have a gust in hand that you know you're going to need later in the game, you can just save that. Uh, and so marning for five in a lot of situations is not the worst thing ever. So to have that higher, um, have that higher, you know, uh, uh, supporter counts, I felt like was very important to maintain the consistency that you're looking for with a deck like ADP. Yeah, I think those are all pretty awesome points. Well, congratulations, JW, on a good run. Thank I you. hope to see more continued success from you and future Limitless qualifiers, perhaps ones including Rebel Clash. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I hope that, uh, that that all goes very smoothly. I'm looking forward to getting uh, some testing into uh, the format with uh, Rebel Clash involved. But it was a lot of fun. Yeah, everybody that came out to the Twitch stream, uh, I just had a ton of fun streaming. And overall, the Pokemon trading card game had just an amazing amount of viewership for that day. It, it was it was quite the testament to the tournament that there were just so many creators uh, and so many viewers that showed up on that day. It was, it was pretty cool. That is really awesome. Pokemon community is still thriving even under these trying times. Very cool. Yep. So I think another thing that we wanted to bring up today uh, was we thought it was really fun the other week to <laughs> pick all the worst Pokemon. And we came to yes. a list that I personally was pretty satisfied with. Yes. Uh, I think JW would probably agree. So this week we decided to do kind of the opposite. It was something a lot of people in chat were asking about when we did the review. Um, and so now we're going to look at some of the best Pokemon. Um, That's right. I have, and JW has as well, picked out what he and I think are the best designed or thematic or, you know, what have you, Pokemon from every generation. And kind of the the trick of this is that we have to come to some sort of agreement. You know, when it comes, and I was talking to JW, it's not going to be quite the same, I think, for best Pokemon, because I think there's more, like, intimacy slash personal feelings involved with the being the best versus the worst. Right. Um, so I, I can't imagine it'll be as perfect of a compromise as we would saw with the worst Pokemon. That being right. said, I still think we can get some really cool discussion and, you know, maybe we concede points in certain ways uh, and be willing to move on. We'll kind of gauge it as we go. So I think like last time, it'd be fun just to go from the bottom and to the top, especially with the best Pokemon. Okay. Like hearing the best Gen 1 Pokemon would probably be pretty sure. right at the sure, end. Sure, sure. So, exactly. JW, why don't you kick us off? What do you think is the best Pokemon from Generation 8, Sword and Shield? I don't know if this is a cop-out at all, because I don't know your feelings, and I don't know the general Pokemon community's feelings on Gen 8. But for me, I, I feel like I, I got to cut out for me. I'm going to cut out for me. You catch me saying for me. Yeah, of course it's for you. Tell You're me. Saying. Of course it's for me. I, this is my opinion. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it's more Pico or more Pico. Pico. Yeah. I really enjoy more Pico. I really enjoy that. It's kind of like a dual, uh, feel, you know, yeah. it's got the, it's hangry. got the, the hangry version, you know, it's kind of cool to me. It's kind of yeah. reminds me of a, um, it reminds me of, what do you call those little, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of like a kinder surprise in a way. I don't. <laughs> I don't know why it just has that nice like <laughs> round rectangle round rectangle shape and it's just very pleasant to look at. 
that's really funny i don't think i would have ever like pegged you down as someone who would have picked like the pikachu of the generation as being yeah well and and that's it too i because i was looking back on like the other pikachus you know you look at marpika or um pachirisu you look at plus all mining um pichu to an extent i mean emolga exactly and i was like well i i really think more pico is the best one of those and then it just kind of stands out to me as being a really strong pokemon from gen 8 which has some stinkers like we discussed uh, in the last uh in the last worst episode so i really enjoyed more pico i think it's a great design for pokemon and i really especially enjoy the kind of dual uh nature of it that is i think that's really interesting i like i said i never would have thought you would have picked a the generations pikachu as as your favorite i think more pico is really good and it was actually this might be one of the easiest ones to compromise on because more pico was definitely one of the ones i was considering to put down Uh, for me i chose dragapult and okay i think dragapult is just so cool and i think When you think of Pokemon like Diglett or and Dugtrio and you know yeah. Duduo and Dodrio, they, you know we we both kind of echoed that like it, it was a little bit lazy and and lame yeah. from a design standpoint. <laughs> right. And I think Dragapult like takes that kind of idea and brings it to a place where it's yeah. actually interesting and cool. Yeah, um, you know it's like this mother protecting her young who also like go out and fight for her or you know however you want to interpret it. You know just maybe just a cannon and missiles or you know artillery or whatever either way it, i think it's just super super interesting um really fun it's a cool like theme to it as well just like this ghost dragon you know it's got this ethereal yeah. nature to it um yeah I, I mean ever since i saw dragapult and i didn't spoil any of the pokemon in gen 8 so the first time i saw it, it was when i was playing through the game I'm like this thing is awesome this thing is so sick <laughs> yeah yeah it's got a very sleek design uh yeah. it's very you know it has the nice angles on the head but then a very kind of curved body and it just it, it works you know you kind of understand the essence of what they're going for because it's kind of cool looking you know it's kind of uh mysterious kind of cool kind of aggressive all in one and that that makes it so you can look at this pokemon through you know many different lenses and right. i guess um going on that i mean that's that's why i like more pico you know it has these many different well two different um <laughs> ways to look at it but um you know in that sense it still has kind of a a, a changing perspective right i look at it and I could see that Dragapult is is cool, and you could look at it and see that Dragapult is mysterious, and and I think that kind of um, that kind of ambivalence or that that questioning makes for a really great design. Yeah, I, the one thing with Morpico is I wish that the like the hangry dark form had like a more noticeable impact on Morpico like as a Pokemon. Like it's not really reflected in the cards at all yet. It's uh, in the games, it only affects like one move, which to me is kind of I don't want to say like a cop out, but like I feel like they could have expanded more on that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Dragapult, like the the dreepies at the head, like are only reflected in one move, I guess. But I feel like that is better expressed, at least like through it's easier to express and something they or maybe not easier, but something they've put a more active effort into like expressing throughout all of sure. like Dragapult and like its cards and its you know in game representation. And, uh, Sure. Know, like there's so much personality like even the dreepies like 
They're like little happy little guys up there, and Jaggerbolt's just, <laughs> you know, waddling around with them. I don't know. It's right, super fun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So have we come to any... Uh, have we come to any agreements? Have you have you conceded? I mean, I, I will concede that the Dragon Ball is is an extremely cool Pokemon. It's got a lot of uh, unique features to it that makes it stand out amongst the rest. I I think I wouldn't be necessarily opposed to Morpico being our choice. However, uh, I'm always hesitant to choose the Pikachu's for stuff like this, and I feel like Dragon Ball <laughs> represents a more original space. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So for Gen 8, we officially stamp it. Best Pokemon design, Dragapult. All right, Gen 7, the land of sun and moon. Cool. So Yes, yes. This, this Gen had more stinkers, I feel like, than average, um, <laughs> to be honest. But I think it had some that were pretty cool, too. Um, okay. My personal pick is Mimikyu. Um, and I know I just kind of like ragged on like the Pikachu idea, but I think Mimikyu completely uh-huh. twisted that into a place that was, it was almost like parodying the idea of having a Pikachu for the generation. For sure. Uh, and that was super, super cool to me. And, you know, more Pika, or sorry, Mimikyu is like, is cute. It's fun. It's got this ghost fairy typing, which is super interesting. Um, and, you know, the lore behind Mimikyu is just really interesting to me. You know, it's this, like, horrifying creature that everybody just, like, hates. But it just wants to be loved. And, you know, it sees that Pikachu... <laughs> and it's funny because it's, like, kind of meta, you know? Because, like, in it yeah. sees Pikachu is loved in the Pokemon world. Which is, like... Yeah. You know, that's obviously just, like, reflecting upon the real world in that case. Sure. And it's, like, so it dresses itself up as a Pikachu to try and garner love and attention for itself. It's very meta. Yeah, it's very like it's like a meta commentary on like Pokemon <laughs> <laughs> and like where we put our attention. And yeah. I just think overall, like it really hit the nail on the head for what it was trying to accomplish. And, it was, and what it was trying to accomplish was already something that was cool and fun and interesting. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I can see that. Did you know that uh, Mimikyu had a busted form? Yeah. So the Mimikyu bust. So in the game, Mimikyu originally its head is like straight up. Yeah. Um, and the busted form, I think, is the one actually that's on the cards. And it's just like the head, the disguise basically breaks and the head tilts over. And so it's like still intact, but like it's obvious now that it's like a fake thing. It's like not its true form. Ah. Uh, <laughs> huh. I, I had no idea yeah. that there was a busted form. Yeah. It's easier to understand like within the video games, I think, than like the okay. card games that we would typically consume. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, I I played, I I believe I played this gen, but I don't ever remember getting a Mimikyu or getting to an area where it was common, so. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. So the busted form, huh, that's very cool. All right, (laughs) well, for me, uh, dang it, I did it again. (laughs) It's tough, it's tough. Uh, So... The best Pokemon, the unquestionable. Maybe I just need more confidence. I feel like I'm using for me as like a cover because I'm not confident in my choice. Yeah, it's, like, I am, it's just me, you know? It's, yeah. I am going to be confident in my choice. Generation 7's best Pokemon, JW approved, is Rowlet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love Rowlet. Like, there's a whole Rowlet. Ra- the essence Rowlet of Rowlet is so playful and so adorable but it really has a nice you know where it's going like you for me i fully understand 
that the Pokemon is going to get stronger. You know, it's going to get bigger, but it's just a perfect little capsule. It's like a little nugget. It's a Pokemon <laughs> nugget. I just want to eat right up. The little bow tie is very cute. The little eyes, they're just very unassuming. <laughs> and then his role in the anime kind of brings oh, this yeah, character to life. Yeah, he just, he goes ham in the anime. I mean, it's just a very, like, comedic comedic character. Uh, so that's what I love about Rowlet. You know, saying nothing about winning a regional with Rowlet, but it just, to me, has so much personality in such a small package. Yeah. I mean, this is probably one I'll more easily concede on because, uh, you know, I try to remove some of my personal feelings from my choices, but... Rowlet is actually one of my top three favorite Pokemon ever. Um, and for those of you who are listening and can't see my background, I actually have this big shelf with Pikachus all over it. But then there's one one shelf out of the, the unit that is dedicated entirely to Rowlet. So yeah. um, Rowlet is awesome. I, I totally agree with what you're saying. It's like the theme of it, you know, being this little squirt grass owl who will definitely has like tricks up its sleeve that will grow up to be something great is very well communicated in its body language and like shape and form um yeah i think Rowlet knocks it out of the park so i'll i'll just concede that one right away you don't yes we've done it okay i was worried that because generally i feel like the design of the pokemon gets gets more intricate and therefore more exciting the more evolved you get and or or the more legendary the pokemon is but um it's just i i was looking very hard through gen 7 and really all the gens but but this one struck me as just being one of those basic on you know not yet evolved uh pokemon that does have future evolutions that just is is perfect by itself yeah i totally agree rally could not evolve and i would still love him that's right that's what i'm saying great pokemon it kind of harkens back more to i feel like the very simple fun design starters of gen one and two good uh, point or i feel like starters got more complicated over time otherwise mm-hmm. good point cool so gen six the x and y era it felt there was a little bit of contention here for the worst pokemon i'm curious <laughs> what you think is the best one mm-hmm. well this is the first legendary that i will present um and i don't know where you fall here. I'm sure you'll say that it's a very nice Pokemon and that you like it. Uh, but I just really love the, the colorfulness of it, the kind of regal status. Yeah, I already know where you're going with this. Uh, Xerneas. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I figured you were going to say Xerneas as soon as you said it was a legendary. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Interest- Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I feel like Xerneas has, I feel like Xerneas and Veltal are actually both really good. Um, yes. But Xerneas is like, just a better design i think more interesting more fun to look at yeah yeah uh zern uh Eveltal, i think has a problem with posture where <laughs> if in the certain if in certain you know postures i guess it looks way worse than others right if it's in this kind of like attacking posture that we see on the card then it looks very very cool it just kind of struggles when it's I don't know, I guess flying or anything like that. But Xerneas looks cool if it's prancing, if it's standing, if it's running, if it's leaping. I mean, it just, it, it all looks cool. In any in any animation I've seen Xerneas in, it looks very, very slick, very, very clean and fresh um, and exciting. Yeah. And I think 
Cerneus, uh it gives off that right vibe that they were going for. There, I th- my understanding was they were kind of going for like that, like Nordic, like Yggdrasil kind of thing mm-hmm. with all those legendaries. And Cerneus like perfectly kind of fits into like that realm of real world lore. I feel like that's kind of this life bearing like insane golden antler kind of creature. Uh, sure. Uh, was definitely one of my top choices for this generation. This generation, I actually, I kind of struggled more than I thought I would in Gen 6, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple really good ones. And so I'll just take that right into my pick for Gen 6. Um, before I say my actual pick, I'll give a couple more that I thought were worth mentioning um, yeah. that I sure. thought were really good. Um, I think Greninja is actually a really, really good design. Um, it perfectly like combines like the frog and the ninja into like one cohesive thing. Uh, and it's really cool. And I know a lot of people like don't dig the tongue. I think it's I think it's cool. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> yeah, it's like it would be gross in real life, but obviously like all sorts of Pokemon would be gross in real life, you know. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. so I don't think that's a problem. Um, I think Halucho is another one that was like really really fun and really cool. Sure. Uh, it, it took the Luchador element perfectly. Uh, but the actual one that I picked and I'm curious, I feel like you might hate this one, but I chose Aegislash. I no, think... no, I was just saying don't choose that one in my head. I was like, I'll forgive him. I literally had that thought. I was like, uh, I'll forgive him if he says anything but Aegislash. Yeah. <laughs> I knew for sure you'd hate Aegislash. And maybe that's like subconsciously why I chose it, but... <laughs> But I think Age Slash is really, really cool, man. I think it's awesome. Like, it uh, it would I feel a little bit better if you were like in the Sword and Shield generation, but uh, right. <laughs> like the stance change is cool. Uh, the King Shield concept, like combining with his ghostly elements, is interesting. The whole line is like an interesting set of like lore and Pokedex entries to it. Uh, yeah, you're just all about the uh, the ghost type. Ghost apparently, I mean, actually. <laughs> I don't think I have any other ghost types in the rest of my list. Okay, but... thank you. <laughs> but uh, ghost types, I think, were more interesting in the last couple of generations than they were in the rest of the generations. Sure. Where they were just, like, spirits or ghosts or whatever. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Age Slash is just really, really cool. I, I am sure that you don't like it for whatever reason. Well, I just worry that it's very... It's just too obvious. They just took an item, they animated it, and then here it is. You know, I understand that the concept is cool. Different forms are pretty cool, um, but just like, you know, I look at a I look at a Pokemon like Poltergeist, and I say, okay, you know, they animated a teapot. Great, whoop de doo. I look at a Pokemon like, um, you know, Gorgeist. They animated a pumpkin. All right, big whoop. You know, and then it's the same kind of. What's that? It's actually a jack o' lantern. Oh, 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 okay. Fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. I'll concede on that. But Aegislash, they just took a sword and then we're like, hey, let's uh, let's make it move, and here we go. It, I feel <laughs> like Han Edge is closer to that, you know? Like, Han Edge is, is just a sword, you know, with an eyeball. <laughs> Which, you know, you can have an opinion on that. But I, I like how Aegislash has, like, the... Uh, I don't know what to call it, but, like, the like the tassels on the blade or whatever, like serve as its arm. Like, I feel like they took that in a cool direction, you know, it, like they, like Aegis, like Han Edge is just a sword with the face. 
Dublati, okay. as you like to call it, Dublade. Um, you know, it's just two swords <laughs> with faces and a shield behind them. But, you know, Aegislash is wielding a shield, you know? It's actually, like, it took that to a more, like, animated space than just being, like, a sword that moves. <laughs> I'm having a hard time, Riley. No, it's, I'm, I'm I will. Just... Def, I will gladly concede that Xerneas is is the best Gen Six. Like I like Xerneas a lot. I think it was a phenomenal Pokemon. It's actually something I was leaning towards choosing, but I just like wasn't really feeling choosing a bunch of legendaries either. Um, well, fair enough. I mean that because that's kind of where I was talking about a little bit earlier and just saying that the designs get a little bit more intricate, the more, you know, if they're a legendary or if they're uh, a stage two, generally the more uh, marketable Pokemon are kind of the biggest and strongest. Um, and so, yeah, it does get kind of um, easy to just choose those more intricate Pokemon and those biggie, strongy types. <laughs> yeah. But, so I'll, I'll give you Xerneas, but I still think okay. Aegislash is cool. And I, I like Aegislash. He's always, well, Aegis, always been fun. Aegislash stands. Just know that Riley is with you in solidarity. <laughs> but Gen 6, you belong to Xerneas. Okay. So, so Gen 5, this was one of the last Gens that I remember, you know, playing all the way through. I, I think I started playing Gen 7, then ended up, like, doing all the extra stuff. But sure. Gen 5, I, like, played the heck out of that. I, I loved it. I uh, thought it was a really, really great generation just kind of coming back to the game because I didn't play Gen 4, uh, but I just really loved the heck out of Gen 5. Went to the midnight release, got all dressed up in my Snivy gear. I thought Snivy was so cool, like as a starter. And <laughs> I just had a beautiful, beautiful time kind of reliving that Pokemon experience in Gen 5. Uh, for, for the entirety of the Gen, I thought the Pokemon designs were fresh for the most part, very kind of I, I don't know something about just what they chose to include and maybe it's like color schemes or whatever it was so, there was something new and something different that I had felt like I hadn't seen before from Pokemon and my Gen 5 pick that just kind of kind of uh, towed the line between a very strong and and um, powerful Pokemon and a very cute and approachable Pokemon was Victini and that's my choice for the Gen 5's best Pokemon and, and kind of dipping back into that well of, of legendary Pokemon. But uh, Victini f has felt like the, yeah, like I said, the perfect combination of just just strong and cute. And I, I think the design is beautiful with the little V-shaped earpieces that just blend perfectly into the body. It always has a little peace sign up. It, it's looking very nice with the big blue eyes. I, I just think it's a very, very strong, beautiful design on Pokemon's part. Yeah, Victim is also like the last of the the true like Mew Pokemon, which got to give some respect for that as well. Uh, Victini is a good choice. It was one of my top choices as well. Uh, made it to probably the final round of cutting cutting board. Um, yeah, I, I like Victini. I like how it represents like victory is kind of the idea, you know, like with the V, the V creates the all these things that it does. It, you know, flips coins for you. It's just like it's cool. Victini's awesome. Um, and I I've, I'm always kind of like partial to the Mew archetype. I think they're fun uh, and cute and and also like clearly like strong in their own way um 
and I think Vipini like definitely embodies that. Uh, for me, I also dipped my toes into the legendary pool a little bit, and obviously it was the last round was pretty much legendary v legendary with Victini versus my choice. Uh, ultimately, I settled on Zekrom. I think Zekrom is just way past cool. Uh, like yeah. Reshiram, I think didn't really hit the mark for me. Um, and I know like people like to hate on like the generator butt or whatever. Um, I think I think it's actually interesting. Like he, you know, he's got this like blue electricity, which is sick, and it yeah. it courses like through his body, which is awesome. And um, you know, the yin and yang element of you know black and white as a whole, but also specifically to Restroom and Zekrom was really cool and interesting. Um, and maybe part of the reason I chose it is because of the way that it played into the story of those games, which is probably the most story heavy of all the Pokemon series games. Um, or at least the one where the story feels the most relevant to what's actually happening in the game. Um, but yeah, huge, huge Zekrom fan. Uh, Zekrom is just so cool and got a lot of like cool elements to it. I, I really like like the blue lightning, which when you think of like lightning in Pokemon, it's always yeah. like yellow or orange. Uh, yeah. and which blue is not only like more realistic <laughs> but it's uh it looks sick you know it's... yeah yeah well they they really did a beautiful job with the two legendaries kind of making them the the monochromatic uh in the black and white respectively uh for reshiram and zekrom and i really do agree with you because it, it's a beautiful design I, I will be conceding this one to you because the beautiful design comes in for me in the zekrom from just being all black but then having very you know small highlights that just make kind of the design pop and um i think specifically like you said of the blue uh the lightning the red eyes mm -hmm. the kind of they have like little blue accents uh on the body at in places like at the top of the head and it just i don't know for, for some reason they they made black and and white you know they made black and white like very interesting colors um just to be on a pokemon and so I think it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful Pokemon. Very regal. Very, uh, you just know kind of what it's here to do. It's <laughs> here to bring the hammer, you know. Yeah, and for real. Just, it's a great Pokemon. Yeah, sick. I I'm glad that you could appreciate that one. Zach, I was afraid it wouldn't go over well, but Zekrom is so cool. Are you afraid it was going to be like too angular or something? I, it's I too, don't know. I don't like, know. I just didn't understand it. Yeah, I thought you would hate on the generator, but I think. <laughs> I mean, it, you get over it. I think they do a, a nice way of um, kind of just incorporating it into design. It doesn't feel like it's slapped on uh, because it kind of fits with like the weird wings. Yeah. And exactly. it just it just kind of it they're works. on their own. They don't really work. But together, they make the Pokemon that much more formidable. Yeah, I agree. Formidable force and awesome iconic Pokemon in Zekrom. So Gen 4, the start of the DS era, Diamond and Pearl. Uh, this is around the time that you got out of the game. I was still peak Pokemon elementary and middle schooler. So uh, definitely some fond memories there. JW, what is your favorite choice from Gen 4? I like a lot of these Pokemon, and a lot of them I enjoy because they're extensions of their original counterpart. We had a lot of just beautiful beautiful extensions i think of weavile 
being an extension of Sneasel. I liked a lot of uh, Togekiss, which I thought was just a very nice finishing touch to that evolution line. Yanmega, um, even the Eevee evolutions were just really nice additions. Dusnor, I think of as a, as a great Pokemon, but um, I liked a lot of what they did with the generations uh, here in Gen 4. And I really enjoyed a lot of their stage twos and my favorite stage two in gen four and my favorite Pokemon of gen four is Garchomp. Nice. I was very between the poster child for gen four in Lucario and it's pseudo legendary counterpart in Garchomp. But when I look at Garchomp, it reminds me a lot of what we are or at least what I was talking about with Dragapult in that it has this, just mystique to it it's a very sleek looking design it can look very uh, menacing but it can also look very um you know just very cool and sleek it just has this aura to it that is hard to describe in the big kind of face that is right there it just captures your attention and the the color scheme that i really enjoy so I like Garchomp a lot, and I think it's my pick for the best Pokemon in Gen 4. While you're in luck, JW, I also chose Garchomp as my, my Gen 4. <laughs> I feel like Garchomp's an easy win in Gen 4, honestly. Yeah. I, yeah. I, not, not in the sense that like uh, it's obviously the best, but I think it uh, it's just a great Pokemon. And so it's like sure. anyone... I feel like a lot of people appreciate Garchomp, you know, or sure. other some other picks might be more contested or, or like uh, disagreed upon, but Garchomp is for sure a top tier gen four Pokemon. It nails like the land shark, like kind of menacing yeah. feel to it. <laughs> I, I love like all the elements that go into it. I love even just the, the evolution from Gibble, this little chompy boy to Garchomp. Now a fearsome creature that roams in the caves and the lands. And uh, it's just, so, it's so cool. And I, I think anyone can appreciate that. I'll give a shout out to my second choice that I was thinking about, which was Infernape, um, who nails like the tribal kind of element to him. Um, I think Infernape's sick, but Garchomp was uh, was for sure the choice for me. Well, easy enough. All right, best Pokemon in Gen Four, Garchomp. So let's just do a review, quick review. Gen Eight, we said Dragapult was our favorite. Gen Seven, Rowlet. Gen 6, Xerneas, Gen 5, Zekrom, and Gen 4, Garchomp. Now, Riley, I'll ask on Gen 3, what do you love about Gen 3, and what is your favorite Pokemon in Gen 3? Yeah, I think uh, Gen 3 has a, a pretty interesting array of Pokemon. Um, and to me, I feel like I kind of coughed out with my choice. There was a couple I was thinking of. I was thinking of Salamence as one, but... You know, I really like Salamence, but now I was I was like looking at Salamence. I'm like, this kind of looks silly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I still love Salamence. It's like one of my favorite Pokemon. Yeah. Um, I think for he's me, very, he's very wide, and the wings are just kind of off-putting for me. Yeah, and for me, it's really close. So if you said the other one of the ones I'm thinking of, I'll concede to you. Um, but the one I'm ultimately going to settle on is going to be Metagross. <laughs> I think okay. Metagross is insanely cool. Um, okay. And it, again, similar to Dragapult, and maybe this is just something I like, it takes like the multiple Pokemon idea and executes mm-hmm. on it much, much better than like a Magneton does. 
You know, you, you start off with the mat, you start with the Beldum, and the two Beldums become the Matang, and the two Matangs become the Metagross, but they, like, actually combine into a greater force as opposed to just being a couple of Attached Magnemites, together. you know, or a couple of, of Diglets. Yep. So, yep. Metagross is sick. It has one of the coolest shinies, I think, out of any Pokemon. Uh, Metagross sure. stands gold, pretty far above. The gold, white rock. It's, yeah. yeah, very yeah, it has a really awesome like signature attack before it got spread to other Pokemon with Meteor Mash. Uh, not, I really nothing to complain about. I think Metagross is is really awesome. Yeah, I had a hard time choosing for this um, for this gen, and I will give my third choice. Metagross was my second choice, so I'm happy to just uh, you know uh, if I if we don't end up choosing the same uh, other choice, right? Then I'm happy to say metagross is, is the best because it was a very tough choice but i think third choice for me was rayquaza just I, I can't i yeah, don't think that I was can my second choice <laughs> I don't th- oh that was your second choice yeah yeah I, I was gonna say i don't think i could bring up like gen 3 when i think about gen 3 i think about these three pokemon and and one of them is rayquaza it's just maybe the the best it's like maybe the best legendary it's just so cool it's very yeah. very cool i i don't know why but like, I think a lot of it has to do with the color scheme. But I feel like it's red, something everyone agrees on. The red on the yellow on the green. That's true. It just has this coolness to it. And it's hard to describe. An air snake that's kind of metalized. You know, it's kind of weaponized in a way. But uh, just, you know, it wields so much power. And then and then you get into like the mega Rayquaza, which I didn't think they could make Rayquaza look better. And they oh somehow gosh, did. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the mega Pokemon, but uh, I Rayquaza. I love mega Rayquaza. It looks so yeah, good. Mega- the Mega Rayquaza just like blows it out of the water, I think. So uh, Rayquaza, that that when I was making my choices, it felt too much um, like a cop out. So I want to make sure that I said it out loud, uh, just that I acknowledge. I felt the same way, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Metagross, very very good. I think the third Pokemon that really encapsulates Gen three and its beauty and its um, you know uniqueness is Gardevoir. Interesting. And, Again, and, and it, it feels like a cop-out to even say that, too, because all these Pokemon have really been kind of shoved down our throats, at least in the competitive TCG community, where it always seems like they're trying to make a good Metagross, they're trying to make a good Rayquaza, trying to make a good Gardevoir, because they know that their design is very good. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but for Gardevoir, I just love that it is a very elegant and powerful pokemon again i I keep coming back to this kind of uh dual viewership of it you know if you like to look at this pokemon and and see it as this serene presence then it definitely is that if you like to look at this pokemon and and see it as being this kind of um hyper powerful presence it it definitely has that and i think just the the dual lens that you can look at it uh is very interesting and unique i love the shiny version of it as well like you brought up with the metagross the shiny uh gardevoir has this blue hue to it and a pink dress it just looks very regal and elegant and and very unique i just think gardevoir is is the simplistic you know simple is better in a lot Mm. of ways because there's not a lot of flash there's not a lot of pizzazz but it gets the job done and it displays this um this aura of of uh you know sereneness and power yeah i I honestly gardevoir was one i probably didn't give enough time to as i was thinking about gen 3 pokemon because it definitely was not in my top couple choices um but i definitely think gardevoir is 
very cool. Um, I will say one thing. I feel like Gardevoir kind of was bolstered quite a bit by the addition of Gallade. I feel like they play each off each other so well in my head, at least. Uh, maybe that's just like my own headcanon playing out, but like you talk about the nobility of Gardevoir, and I feel like that's also reflected really well in Gallade. It's like almost like her knight is how I picture it, you know, someone um, with a lot of honor who would like step up to the plate for Gardevoir. Um, mm-hmm. And I just feel like like having that like route to to Gardevoir almost made the whole line better, you know. Yeah. Like I wouldn't like Gardevoir without Gallade, I, I don't think as yeah. much and i wouldn't like Gallade without gardevoir fair enough and i'm happy to i'm happy to concede because i i believe metagross is just a beautiful uh depiction of what it means to be uh, a pokemon it's just it has it all it's a very beautiful pokemon a very well designed pokemon and, and the concepts all make sense so for gen 3 metagross our best designed pokemon all right getting down into the weeds we're back on the Game Boy, the Game Boy Color, <laughs> Gen 2. <laughs> I'm sure we'll probably be prickling some people's feathers by the time we get to Gen 2 and it's 1. It's about time. You know, if you haven't been prickled, I think Gen 3, we covered probably... If, if you didn't have any of those three Pokemon in your top three Pokemon <laughs> of Gen 3, like, where are you? You know, <laughs> do you have a pulse? But I think Gen 2, it gets a little bit more wishy-washy. Right. For sure. Um so I can kick us off for this one. Sure. Um, the obvious choice for me is to say Pichu because Pichu is my number one favorite Pokemon. I won't say Pichu because <laughs> I'll concede it's just like a baby Pikachu, you know. And you know it does do, do that perfectly in my opinion. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but for me, uh, and I'm saying it too now that you've mentioned it, um, <laughs> I think there's two Pokemon that stand above them all. Um. <laughs> I'll give second place first, and that would be Tyranitar. Okay. Um, Tyranitar, awesome, like, totally embodies the Godzilla archetype, you know, that it was clearly inspired by. Um, but also, like, somehow, like, the rock elements are very clear, and it's just a really easy... It's easy to understand a Tyranitar. Like, you can look at that and be like, that's probably, like, a dark type. It's probably a rock type. Uh, the sand stream is sick like I, the idea that it has just this presence that summons this like sandstorm makes it hard to see and it's you know it's ominous almost uh, sure. super sure. cool um, but the number one pick I gave was another legendary unfortunately um, I gave it to Suicune and uh, okay yeah um, there are some other ones I thought were really good uh, Suicune I think is the favorite of the dogs for me um it has this like flowiness to it. It feels very like natural and uh, mysterious. Whereas I feel like the other dogs are a little, I don't want to say like ugly, but they're like bulkier and mm. like they feel like rougher around the edges. Whereas Suicune is very clearly like, it feels like a benevolent force that, that, you know, gallantly like trances through nature and like purifies things around it. Like that's clearly expressed in its design to me. Sure. Um, I love the flowing like ribbons almost on the side. I love his mane of like cloud. It, it seems like, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just cool. Like Suicune, when I think of like the roaming Pokemon, Suicune perfectly represents that to me. And so I mm-hmm. got to give it to Suicune. Very good. Very good. I like where your head's at with that. It's a good choice. 
I have been a fan of this Pokemon uh, since since I found it, uh, since I figured out how to get it in Gen 2. I have just been in awe of this Pokemon, and I think just uh, the simplicity is better. The simplicity is better. The dual... Um, the dual, t- um, not type, the dual uh, uh, coloring on this Pokemon really makes it stand out as kind of this bold choice. They didn't try to do anything crazy with this Pokemon. They kept it very much in the box, but I think for that reason, uh, it it makes me it makes me smile. It makes me happy. It makes me uh, just think very good things. It's it's a very fresh take on a Pokemon we all know and love. And so uh, that, of course, that that original Pokemon is Eevee. And f- the best, in my opinion, evolved form comes in Gen 2 in the form of Umbreon. Mm. Umbreon. Pretty stereotypical choice there. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Umbreon has this this great depiction of the night which is very obvious in what they are trying to go for it has this this black body that i mean almost alone without the highlights of of white would or of yellow would be enough for me to to really be drawn to this pokemon it's sleek um it's just i don't know it's very well balanced with the three prongs kind of coming out of it right the two ears and the tail it's just a a nice well-balanced pokemon there but then they add in the highlights the circles the moon element to it with the yellow and it all comes together to form this very dark spooky nice beautiful elegant sleek design that i really just can't get enough of again the beauty is in the simplicity and i think umbreon nails that yeah i i will agree i think umbreon is probably the best looking of all the evolutions and is better than most or maybe the best pokemon of all at representing the like simplistic less is more kind of design philosophy you know it's you know it's just this creature it's all sleek black with you know the rings and the eyes and that that's all it needs though it perfectly expresses what it needs to with that small amount of design elements so uh, umbreon is is pretty awesome i will say um and honestly i'll probably just concede that one to you i think umbreon is a is an iconic Pokemon for the ages. Um, not that Suicune isn't. It's probably one of the most <laughs> iconic Pokemon in Gen Two, given that it had a, you know, a game. That's <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think the one thing I think that really pushes me for Umbreon is we were talking about shinies earlier with Metagross and Gardevoir, and Umbreon yeah. has probably one of the simplest shinies ever. You know, it yeah. changes it. Its hue changes slightly, and its rings change from yellow to light blue. Yeah. That is one of the most beloved shinies in the entire Pokemon franchise, just off of that alone. And I think yeah. if for good reason, it looks incredible. It looks great, yeah. and it yeah. but it feels special, you know. Like right. Umbreon's already good, and this feels like a special, cool version. So, right. yeah, I'll give it to Umbreon. Umbreon is is awesome. The friendship evolution in the night is is great. It's a it's a cool Pokemon. Cool. All right, I love it. All right, so we have one gen left, and. This is a tough one for me. If we can go back and just review one last time before uh, before we get to Gen 1. Dragapult in Gen 8. Rowlet, Gen 7. Gen 6. Xerneas, 
Gen 5, Zekrom. Gen 4, Garchomp. Gen 3, Metagross. We just finished up Gen 2, declaring Umbreon as our favorite designed Pokemon. And Gen 1, I will just lay it out, everybody's favorite generation, the one that started it all, and therefore has. it's going to be tough to kind of pick away from the nostalgia to what truly is the, sure. the the solid and, and best design out of them all. So I think there are a few that we can just eliminate right off the bat. I think, you know, Weedle, maybe not the best. <laughs> sure. Zubat, maybe not the best. But <laughs> some of my favorites from this generation that just have this, this attitude. They just have an attitude about them that's the best way that i can put these two pokemon they have an attitude and and it's very obvious their attitude whatever that may be in each design but uh my two favorite pokemon one is gyarados and number two is gengar i think Mm. these two pokemon just both have a beautiful beautiful elegant design and they can be presented in a few different ways the gyarados has um a bit of a kind of um, folk legendy status in some of the artwork and some of the games where you just kind of, you know, it can be depicted in that way. And then the Gengar has this just very like shadowy, hazy kind of um, uh, mystique to it. And so I, I just love the designs of the two Pokemon, the Gengar, I chose that specifically because it has such a very like simple face. Like you could put the eyes and the smile. You literally don't even need the rest of the Pokemon. And I would know that it's Gengar. And that is so, so clear. That design is so clear and so vivid in my mind and in probably many of our listeners' minds that Gengar just has to be, you know, one of the best design Pokemon. And then uh, same, same with Gyarados, you know, that, that mouth has a very distinct, look to it the you know kind of the the little like fu man shoe that it's got going on very cool and of course everyone will remember you know their first time that they actually got to uh uh what was that rage lake or lake of rage and they caught their first shiny ever mm-hmm. just an incredible pokemon yeah yeah i love the uh the folklore like the chinese folklore inspired elements of gyarados uh, for those who are unfamiliar there's like a piece of folklore that if a, a carp is able to ascend a waterfall that it will become a dragon like a chinese dragon that's that's what gyarados is like representing you know, this pitiful magic carp if it's able to ascend the waterfall of getting to level 20 it becomes something great and gyarados is awesome it, it reflects that really well um for me and i gosh i keep saying it now you, you really you really messed me up big time there bud uh, i know sorry the Pokemon that I'm going to choose feels like a cop-out, but I promise it's not without intensive thought behind it. And I'm going to say Pikachu, straight up. Okay, uh, okay. And there's a lot of reasons I think so. Pikachu is one of my favorite Pokemon ever. Uh, that's not a secret. <laughs> you can pretty quickly ascertain that from any of my social media profiles, from my background <laughs> behind me for the viewers uh, covered in Pikachus. Um, but to me, Pikachu perfectly represents pokemon and there's a reason that pikachu became the mascot when they thought it was going to be clefairy and 
you know, and for those who don't know, like, the lore behind this, like, Pokemon, when they were thinking of, like, how they want to market themselves right. and, like, how they wanted to create the anime, they were thinking Clefairy was the Pokemon of choice. But overwhelmingly, people loved Pikachu. It was the Pokemon. Everybody loved Pikachu, wanted a Pikachu. It was the one people talked about, you know, because it was kind of rare to get in this in the games. You know, you had to go around Viridian Forest and just roam around, and maybe you'd see one. Uh, it was a pretty low chance. And mm-hmm. so... Pikachu, like, out of the gates, reached legendary status. And you can look at Pikachu right away. You know it's got this electric feel to it with the bendy tail. Like, Mm -hmm. it's very obvious what Pikachu is and does. But it's also cute and easily expressive and and fun and interesting. And, you know, obviously there's layers to that. Like, Pikachu is shown favoritism and has, like, the anime slot. Um, But I think the only reason it was able to get there in the first place was because Pikachu was so awesome and easy to love in the from the get-go wow wow okay you made your case i i would say the one detraction for me from pikachu is that um they've had to redesign him Uh, and i you know not a complete rehaul but you just look like gen one to gen two and then you know how different they are and then gen two to gen you know current gen like they just they just get different I, i worry that with something like gengar they kind of perfected the design like right off the bat or maybe i don't know maybe they didn't care enough you know because it wasn't their their um franchise pokemon but i just i worry that pikachu has been changed too many times what is pikachu is it when you think of pikachu is it gen one pikachu is it current gen pikachu is it somewhere in the middle and is it pikachu with ash's hat on is it pikachu (laughs) i don't uh, think that really is what's that i don't think the hat's really a meaningful well i don't know is <laughs> it uh, i understand you know, what Luigi you're saying pikachu? like pikachu <laughs> did like thin down and gen 3 i think is when it yeah. actually like thin. but it hasn't changed really since then fundamentally like yeah. you know it's been pikachu ever since yeah. um, and i think like the actual design philosophy that makes pikachu like great and easy to understand is still there like you can take a fat pikachu from gen 1 and it has the bendy tail. It has the electric yeah. cheeks and the black tipped ears. And that's what, to me, like allows you to understand and like look at Pikachu and be like, not only is this adorable, but this is an electric, like a mouse-like Pokemon. And that's that's all I need to know, you know. <laughs> and uh, and Pikachu in Gen three still has all that. It has the bendy tail. It huh. has the black tipped ears. It has the pouch cheeks. Huh. And. Uh, it did get thinner i will admit you know much of the it went on a diet for sure between gen yeah. two and three um yeah. but i think i would still love it if it was gen one pikachu and i'm sure yeah. a lot of other people feel the same um i don't know exactly the philosophy why pokemon changed it or it's probably something i read at one point and now forgotten um, sure but i don't think anything is lost if it's fat pikachu and that's why i'm gonna stay stay i'm gonna stay on my ground on this one i think pikachu wow. is the quintessential pokemon for a reason Okay, well, I will, I will give it to you. I think that's the perfect capstone to this discussion to just really bring it full circle to say, Pikachu, Gen 1, you, you're the one that we think of, whether it's conscious or not, whether it's uh, just you know that spot in our heart that you always take up. Pikachu, you are the one for us. <laughs> you are our Gen 1 best Pokemon design. Well, that was a beautiful conclusion, I think, to an epic saga <laughs> of debating about the best and worst Pokemon. I think we had a lot of great discussion. 
I'm curious what everyone in chat is thinking. I've got a lot of awesome feedback. If you're listening or watching on YouTube, be sure to leave us some comments or tweet at us what you think. Uh, if you agree with us, if you disagree with us, or if you just have some opinions that you'd like to bring to the table for our consideration, we'd be happy to hear all of that out. So be sure to tweet at us at Tag Team Pokemon. It's probably the fastest way to reach the both of us together. Um, we both look at that feed and are, try to be as responsive as possible to the things that you say to us. And I think with that, we're coming about to a close here. We really appreciate all of your viewership. We appreciate all the subs that we got over this stream session and all the just continued support and love from our community, you guys. I think we've done a, a good job as a community of fostering a really positive, healthy environment where people can discuss Pokemon and in a friendly and positive and constructive way. So, you know, props to all of you guys. We'll be back next week with some more Pokemon action, probably talking about the Rebel Clash set that you all have long awaited <laughs> at this yes. point. So fear not, it's coming. And we will see you soon. Peace out, everyone. Bye.